This is Jesslyn from Wildish Wise Women, giving you a special Mother's Day edition of the podcast. Before I go into the interview, I just want to honor the fact that there are different types of mothers in the world and this day is not always enjoyable for everyone. There are mothers in waiting, mothers who have experienced loss, women who make the conscious decision not to parent children in this lifetime, and women who have complicated relationships with their own mothers, or perhaps they're no longer with us. I just want to say that I see you, and I understand that this holiday is not always a positive one. But this interview has been a long time coming, and I'm really excited to share it with uh, people who are parenting boys in this life, or just anyone that needs to hear the messages from these two lovely ladies. Part of it is a little bit of reparenting of ourselves. So I think you'll enjoy, regardless of your situation in life currently, hearing both Anna Marie and Kat speak on the way that they choose to parent their children, but also the way that they choose to show up in their own lives for their own practices and for their own betterment I'm also excited to announce that there are a few things coming up. The podcast has been a little bit dormant. I've been busy doing some other things in life. But there will be a resurgence of podcasts on a regular basis, as well as an expanding of the Wildish Wise Women community. So please stay tuned here, and I can't wait to share all of the wonderful things that are happening behind the scenes with you. If you're someone that listens to the podcast and has not left us a review, I would really appreciate that just to help us get a little bit more visibility. Uh, Without further ado, please enjoy this wonderful interview with two lovely ladies that I met in San Jose and miss terribly. Uh, Thankfully for social media and things like this, I still get to keep in touch with them and all the wonderful things they're doing. So enjoy and happy Mother's Day. I'm so excited to finally be making this interview happen. We've been talking about it for some time, and today I've got two awesome women. I've got Anna Marie Gonzalez and Kat De Silva, and we are going to tackle the huge and so such an important topic on raising mindful men. Both of these women are raising boys in this world, and they're going to talk to us about how they've navigated that. I'll introduce you to them. Anna Marie Gonzalez is a wife, a mother, and a career woman. She's been in supply chain distribution for 22 years. And along with her career, she juggles a marriage of 12 years, two sons, ages 11 and 9, and staying committed to her practice. That helps her maintain physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. And her motto is, I am committed, but not attached. Kat De Silva is a purpose-driven mom, parent coach, and yoga and mindfulness teacher living in San Jose with her quirky and high-spirited 12-year-old. She's also balancing a corporate day job and parenting and currently creating her dream of a parent coaching program, which we'll hear more about, so that she can own her time and her life. Welcome, ladies. Hi. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. I'm so excited to get this. And these ladies also were um, always coming to my goddess circles. That's how I first met them. And they share a spiritual community as well, which perhaps we'll get into a little bit of that. Uh, But before we launch into this really awesome topic, 
just going to take a moment to connect to each other and uh, to anyone that's listening, you can join along and we'll just do that with a few breaths, taking an inhale through the nose and exhale out the mouth or out the nose. Do that just a couple of more times. As we set the intention for this beautiful and much needed conversation. May each woman who needs the wisdom of this call find her way here. May we speak from the heart and create a wave of peace that radiates out on a global level. And may each woman remember her sacred nature and feel the value of her presence in this world. All right, ladies. My question I ask every time is, what is your favorite thing about being a woman? <laughs> Anna Marie, you want to go first? <laughs> I really enjoy coming from a place of love and compassion and emotion and being able to express and own that freely. And I think that there's an element of that only comes from a, a woman's love and touch that we get to enjoy mm. and, and share. Nice. What about for you, Kat? You know, the first thing that comes up for me is I think being a woman is fun and sexy. And um, there's something about uh, the way that a woman can move through the world that is so um, seductive and attractive and alluring. And there's just the, in the way, you know, Anne Marie's describing the way that we love is just so deep mm. um, and, and how we feel and, um, and that is definitely a reflection of the women that I know in my life and a reflection of myself. Um, I, it's a lot of fun. And so I really enjoy being able to be that fluid um, and really to take on a lot of different aspects of um, being feminine and masculine. I think we have a lot more freedom to do that than men do, for sure. Yeah, I know being a woman is kind of like a superpower. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's beautiful. Lots of like lots of dynamism can be lots of things. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, interestingly enough, um, this topic is about raising mindful men, which um, we all know is something that is really needed in this world right now to bring men into the world that can embrace their full selves. The way you're describing, Kat, is that maybe women are given more permission to do that. And I think um, that's a great segue into the topic uh, to allow the men that are growing up in this world today to be able to embrace their full selves, um, however that looks. And so I think to, to start us off, I would love for both of you to just kind of riff a little bit on your path into parenting and into choosing conscious parenting. And I, I don't know for sure, maybe you can touch on this as well, and, and perhaps choosing a different path than um, maybe the way you were parented or the way that you see society. So I guess that was kind of a, a big question, but um, just give us a little bit on, on how you came to the way that you're parenting and then we can sort of break it down. So how I came into parenting, well, you know, 
his dad and I, we got together in a room one day. <laughs> um, so and the rest I, is history. <laughs> the rest is history. Yeah. Um, you know, I started off in a relationship with my son's father. And when my son was about right before his third birthday, we split up. Mm -hmm. And so um, we decided we were better as friends than actual partners. And it's almost like, you know, friends having a kid together is what really happened. Um, and, and not really anything romantic enough to, to stay. Uh, so that was how I got into becoming a mom and uh, now navigating co-parenting for the last almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how did you know you wanted to to approach this parenting in, in this conscious way that, I don't know, maybe it looked different than what you had originally anticipated? Well, when I got pregnant, I definitely um, was in an interesting place in my life and was wanting to shift my life. And I knew Josiah was absolutely meant to be um, and, you know, had some some doubts about the relationship, but I knew Josiah was meant to be. Mm. So, um, I said, all right, we're going to go with this. And being a mom was not on my list. I was busy living my life and doing other things. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I said, he's meant to be, you know, I kept asking for guidance and God kept coming back saying, yep, this, this guy, this little kid is, is, is here. Um, you know, supposed to be here. So I said, all right, we're going to do this. Um, and, from I would say maybe during the first trimester, basically the first time I felt him kick, mm -hmm. um, which I think I was maybe at the end of my first trimester going into my second, something just clicked in me where I was like, oh my goodness, I am going to be responsible for another life. And it almost, you know, took me... Mm, to this place of overly protection, like over just, I started reading books and shifting my life and thinking, okay, how do I want a parent, which was much different than my partner, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and from then on, I knew that I wanted to do things differently. I didn't always know how, but I knew that I wanted to find a certain type of spiritual community. I mean, mind you, I, w I already had this in me, you know, I have my own spirituality prior to that, but there were things that I knew I wanted to tweak from how I was raised. Um, and, you know, once I found out he was a boy, which I already knew he was a boy before I found out. Mm -hmm. uh, but once I found out he was a boy, I'm like, oh, and I'm raising a guy, like <laughs> so much more, that more pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. Um, so it was, it just feels like it's a part of who I am. I also come from um, a pretty deep spiritual background with my parenting. My parents were, you know, very much committed to their spiritual practices and, and church and um, had a lot of conversation going with my dad as a kid uh, and really grateful for that. My mom too, with certain subjects that she can handle. Um, so I did have that, that example growing up. So that was good. Mm -hmm. um, and I just took parenting very seriously, sometimes too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe we can circle back around to that. <laughs> so yeah. it sounds like Josiah was a catalyst for, for some changes, even though you had a great foundation and you just continued to grow into that. Yes. 
Yeah, awesome. And and for you, Anna Marie, what was it like on your path to parenting, and and how did you and and your husband decide you wanted to do it a certain way, maybe different than what you what you know? Um, well, similar to Kat, I was raised with um, a religious background. Uh, my parents were Catholic, and growing up, I was in church a lot with mom. What I found from that upbringing, though, is that they leaned to religion in the tough times. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see as much of the positive spiritual aspects. And I would find myself on my own as a child, reaching out to God and talking to God, but wanting it to be on a positive note, not just in desperate times. Mm. And um, as I grew older, I always knew I wanted to be a, a mom. I actually just shared this with my son's Recently, that when I was younger, I played with dolls a lot. I had, I was an only child for 10 years and I had lots of dolls and I would play mommy and I would, and I would even play career woman and drop my dollies off and the babysitter (laughs) and go off to work, you know, and, and we were talking about this story and how like my, what I, what I played with as a child manifest into my world as I got older, Mm. um, And then meeting my husband, he also came from a religious background, a much more stricter Christian background. And one of the things that we both had in common immediately was that we, while we loved our spiritual and religious backgrounds, we both desired and were were working towards a more intimate relationship with Source. Mm. And um, together we embarked on that by, you know, literature, Neil Donald Walsh, Conversations with God was a major game changer in both of our lives. And just um, going beyond the relig- religion being that conduit or, or that link to source and then developing a direct link to source. Um, even when it came to marriage and deciding to have a wedding it was well is it going to be in a catholic church or is it going to be in a christian church Mm. and him and i said well guess what it's going to be in god's church we're going to get married outside under under the sky Mm. you know and um so we both aligned very much in regards to the path that we seen in our spirituality which was a definite um jump into getting married. We both knew we wanted children um, right away and we both wanted a boy and we got pregnant uh, about a year and a half after marriage and it was our baby boy. And together we knew we wanted to raise conscious children and we embarked on, we embarked on a path that involved using tools that our children could relate to and it not just being about we go to church but these are things that we incorporate into our daily lives Mm -hmm. this is how we show up Um, we lead by example not by do what I say but you know show them what works and what doesn't and um, it's that's been our continued path it sounds like for the both of you that the spirituality aspect is a really important value in, in raising these mindful young men. 
I'm curious what other values are important in raising conscious kids, specifically boys. Um, oh, I would say service mm. is the first thing that comes up. Um, I think actually for for boys and then boys in this this era, this generation, where yeah. it's so easy to get sucked into like all about me, video games, um, shooting, destruction, mm-hmm. right? Um, and there's nothing wrong with destruction, right? Destruction is part of the process and, and those that have, you know, that, that read spiritual books or have a spiritual practice may understand that, that like destruction is part of, of the process of life, but also introducing them to the other side, creation, service, you know, um, getting out of your own stuff and helping others with their needs, um, has been huge for me. It's a huge value in my parenting. Mm-hmm. And Josiah will might, you know, he'll moan and groan and he's like, ah, you know, but once <laughs> we're out there, like <laughs> the seeds are being planted. And, you know, he's already told me that he most likely will not continue picking up trash and feeding homeless when he gets older. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, he just tells me what he's thinking, which is, which is good usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but, and that's fine. And I've told him, I don't want you to be exactly like me, but planting the seeds of service, you know, maybe he'll do service in his own way and he really loves animals. So maybe it'll manifest that way as he gets older, right. you know, yeah. or even something simple as holding the door open for someone mm-hmm. or seeing yeah. an elderly person, you know, needing help. Like being in service, like like Anne Marie was saying, like being in service every day of your life, not just here's an event where we're gonna go be in service. It's like how are you in service throughout your day? That it's a part of you. You know. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm I'm completely aligned with Kat and actually us both having boys that are a year apart and um being part of the same spiritual community. And the reason why me and Kat have stayed so close for so long is because we both have the same struggles. We are, we're living in a, a really diverse time and, and the balance between being cool and being hip and just growing up and, and being free, you know, as a child, um, you know, the, the, the type of music that's out there, you know, yeah, you're not going to just listen to this like positive spiritual musical time. You're going to listen to some hip hop and you're going to listen to some pop music that maybe to me doesn't send the best message, but that that's part mm-hmm. of just growing up. It's part of what they will go through. It's, it's allowing them to experience their own sense of self while balancing it with the elements of positive nurturing. And, and one of the things that yeah. I try to instill in them is, and it, it's a little mantra I tell them sometimes when I'm dropping them off at school, is be strong, be kind, be brave. You know, be strong in who you are. You know, don't, don't, don't you know, don't hide yourself. Be strong. Don't be a bully, but but stand in your strength. Be kind. You know, like like Kat's saying, hold a door. Yeah, you know what, if you're at school and, and someone is feeling sad because no one wants to play with them, be that person that goes over and says, hey, what's up? 
Mm-hmm. Be kind to them. Make them feel good the way you would want someone to make you feel good. And then be brave. Be brave to stand up for what's right. You, you know it. You know what's right in your heart. You know what's right because you see it all around you. So be brave enough to stand up and, you know, show up in in a positive way. And that's all going back to cats being in service. And it just being part of how you show up. And how you move through your day, how you treat people, and all of that, we talk about energy. And what you put out is what you give back. Mm. And that's been a major part of a, a simple way of teaching them that what you're doing has a major impact on you and who you are and how life will show up around you. Wow. Mm-hmm. Anything to add to that, Kat? Yeah, something beautiful that Anne-Marie brings up at the end there. I mean, all of it was beautiful and definitely aligns. I'm getting chills just listening to this conversation because it's just Mm -hmm. so powerful. And, um, you know, reminding our kids that they have an impact on the world is is part of my message also, not just as a mom and a human, but um, as a parenting coach as well, right? And it's Right now, what I see a lot of, especially in the American culture, and that's very generalization, and I get that. Um, that's a generalization that I'm making. Yeah. Um, but uh, kids, it seems like the conversation is not being had enough, out in the open at least, for kids to understand that they have an impact. Their decisions have a ripple effect. And... I see in other cultures where there are ritualistic practices to remind us that we are all connected, mm-hmm. but the American culture seems to be void of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, things like, you know, for example, rites of passage ceremonies is one way um, to remind a kid, like, hey, you know, your birthday or this milestone or whatever, it's not just about you and all of the presents that you want. It's like, it takes me, dad, the pastor, your meditation coach, this person, that person to raise you, to support you. And so we're going to do this ritual to remind you that like you are part of something greater than yourself. Mm, right. Yeah, and that's yeah. like lacking in the raising of our kids. And we just, we, we, cause I'm not perfect parent, nor am I trying to be one. Sometimes we just let them do whatever they want, which is fine for space and freedom and growth and autonomy, but also reeling it back in and balancing it with like, and you're also part of something that is powerful and beautiful and it needs you to show up in a certain way. So that, that like that consistent reminder that they're connected to something greater than themselves. Right. Yeah. Um, that's huge. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and then, you know, studies have shown Studies have shown that like connection is is what heals, right? I mean, the yeah. opposite of addiction is addiction, right? So, yes, like helping our kids be feel more connected to themselves, to community, um, to their neighborhood. That'll also help them battle the tough times that are going to come because we all know they're going to come. Mm-hmm. Depression, sadness, heartbreak, failure, overwhelm, like. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's so actually we, a really a good one there, Kat. I mean, it's a, a little bit of a side note, but I think it, it speaks to the culture that we live in now where I think a lot of parents try to protect their children from those kind of yeah. failures. And, and, I, and I know you both know that that's just to the detriment of the child. But mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anything to say or to add on that, that note because it really made me think of that. You know, we do need to teach our kids that failure is part of the process. Yeah, I mean, if I may touch on that, I just had a conversation with Josiah yesterday about suicide. Mm, um, big I one. Had, wow. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. He's he's twelve, going on thirteen, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I found I look at his search history um, occasionally, probably more often than I should, and you know, I'm, I'm working through that to not be so meddling and nosy, and that's my work as a parent and as a human. Um, and I noticed that he had looked up some things. Uh, and so I, he looked up a noose, right. Mm -hmm. And been dealing with, uh, some feelings around like a girl not treating him how he wants her to treat him and, you know, just regular 12 preteen stuff. Right. Um, and I initially, my reaction was like, oh my gosh, my kid wants to kill himself, right? Mm -hmm. Like fear mode. Um, And the conversation a week ago wasn't so great. Like I was total fear mode and I was like, protect, protect, alert, alert, you know? And I had a week to, you know, do my practices and feel into it and feel into him and what he needs at this age and feel into my 12 year old self, what I needed Ooh, that's at big. that age. And yeah. we had a, yeah, yeah. I'm really grateful that I'm able to do that. Um, really grateful for that. Cause I didn't necessarily have that <laughs> growing up, mm-hmm. you know, from my parents. Um, and yesterday we had a beautiful conversation about suicide and the tools you know, um, that we have that we can use to help prevent, um, feeling that way. And even if the feelings come up, like what can we do? And so I, we made a promise to each other, you know, one, the promise was, um, that I would do my best to see him for him and not compare him to other people because that really puts a lot of overwhelm on kids and people Mm -hmm. in general. Mm Mm-hmm and not compare him and not come from a place of fear when things like this come up and I find things like this, but to just remember that he's Josiah and he's not me at 12. He's not his dad. He's not my father who my father, you know, um, we have depression and stuff in my family. So my father has his own story and to just do my best to see him Josiah as Josiah and what Josiah is going And then I said, great, I'll make that promise. And then you also promise that when these things come up, if they do come up, that you reach out to somebody that you know. And if you don't want to talk to anybody that you know, call a hotline. And also remember, cloudy days go away. Hold on for the sunny day. Don't make any decisions until you see the sun. Mm. Yeah. Such an important conversation to have. Yeah. Yeah, it was a very, and, and I was very transparent. I said to him, would you be surprised if mom said to you, like, I've had thoughts like that. I've had thoughts of like, 
this thing is so overwhelming. I don't, I want it to go away, but it doesn't feel like it's going to go away. So therefore I don't want to exist. Mm, yeah. Like putting it in that terms, not like, Oh, I've thought of killing myself. It's more like what's really behind that is I'm feeling so overwhelmed by this thing. And it seems like this thing will never go away. So therefore I just don't want to exist. Like that's really what's behind it. Yeah. Oftentimes. Oftentimes, that's what, you know, what it is, you know, when it's not a serious call for like anything more traumatic, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just this regular, everyday human kind of the suffering flow of emotion, the suffering, the human suffering. And I said, would you be surprised if mom told you like, I've gone through that too, because I think that's really important for us to be real with our kids, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. as real as we can for their age, right? Um, and, And he's like, He's so funny. He's like, oh, yeah, I could totally believe that. (laughs) (laughs) Believe that. (laughs) Well, that probably means that you're real enough with him that he knows you and that, you know, you've exposed yourself in other ways appropriately for him to understand, you know, where you're coming from. (laughs) Still a pretty good answer, though. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Anna Marie, would you add anything about letting your kids fail or, or, or just letting them know that that is part of the process for them for, for ups and downs to happen? Oh, definitely. Just like Kat finished off there with about being real. Um, we just had a conversation. Rico's 11 and Rylan's about to be nine. And um, the younger one's a little tougher on mom. He's a little bit more of a, a dominant male figure and um he can get pretty tough on me and just a couple weeks ago we had to sit down and have a conversation that mommy's not perfect and I'm not trying to be perfect I don't want to be perfect I don't expect you guys to be perfect which they know because I share that a lot with them um you know mommy and daddy share with them that you know, we don't expect you to be perfect and get straight A's in school and, you know, have your room clean all the time. We just want you to be making, we want you to be happy. We want you to be enjoying what you're doing and making progress. Be focused enough to make the progress you need to make to grow, but don't get so caught up in the pressure of society. Like you're saying, the kids, you know, you have to, you have to be getting the straight A's or you have to be this perfect kid or else they start going to this dark place. I'm not good enough. I'm not going to be liked enough. I'm not going to succeed. Or, you know, every, every person has their own way of looking at the I'm not enough scenario. And we just had to have the conversation about, I'm not perfect. I don't want to be perfect. We don't expect you guys to be perfect. That's not what living a, a positive life is about. We need to just honor each other. And when someone's not in their best space, just be there for each other. You know, don't, don't give each other a hard time and put each other down because we were, you know, in a, in a darker space, but say, I see you, I, I get that you weren't, you know, feeling your best and help each other navigate out of that space. So just like Kat was saying about, you know, this too shall pass. It's a cloudy day. It'll get better. Tomorrow's a new day. Sometimes we end the nights with yelling and screaming and it's enough. I'm exhausted. They're exhausted. You know, their energy is overflowing. I can't take it no more. We're yelling and screaming. That's then I get to the point like this isn't how I want us to go to sleep. 
I don't want you to go to sleep with a crazy yelling mother. <laughs> and, and, you know, now you go to bed and that's what's on your mind. I want you to go to bed with us saying, you know, walking through some guided meditation, you falling asleep with some meditation music, and you going off to think about all the positive things you have to be grateful in your life so that you can sleep on that. It doesn't always happen that way. And we have to come back to, okay, things aren't always going to be perfect, but let's navigate this together and know that tomorrow is another day. Mm. And we have an opportunity to start fresh and be each other's light. I think that's so important to bring the humanness into this experience of parenting and of living in the world because I, I think the past generations, it was it was very different. Kind of do as I say, not as I do. And, and I'm always right because I'm the parent because I said so. Some of those things that um, come up, um, I don't know if you've experienced them, but they certainly seem to exist in previous generations. So I think it's really beautiful that both of you are giving your kids permission to to be themselves and to make mistakes, but also to walk the walk also and to show up as your messy human self. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think a cat can t contest to this, but they are in, in all of our network of family, friends, social communities, all of the things cat and I are both very social. We're very involved. Um, they are, the ones that will push us to our dark, deepest, darkest evils. They will bring the monsters out of us that no one else can can bring out of us. I don't think Cat knows what you're talking about. I don't know. <laughs> and and, it, and it's navigating with that. It's because there's such a, a closeness and such a bond. But it's like you know, I don't want to walk through the world and respect everyone else around me. And show them love and respect and compassion and kindness. And then go home and, and me and my children are attacking each other because, mm -hmm. because we're so close. It, I want to respect you more than I respect anyone else. And it's, it's a difficult balance because you're so closely entwined and you're dealing with all of the pressures of life. But Kat, if you want to add anything to that, but I think it's something we share a lot about how much yeah. they can push our buttons and bring out the worst in us. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, definitely, I believe parenting is a powerful tool. It's the most powerful tool I have experienced so far for personal transformation, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and it's because it's taken me to the deepest, deepest corners of myself that I didn't want to look at, you know, all the stuff that um, that I don't like about myself or that wasn't serving me, right? All the behaviors and, and memories and traumas and all of the things. And it also is the tool that shows me the best sides of myself. Mm. So it's just like this experience that sometimes you feel like you're losing your effing mind, you know? So you're like, oh my gosh, how can I love this being so much and want to do so much for this being and at the same time want to choke them? Yes. <laughs> and I'm a conscious mom. And if right. I really want to like grab him, slap him around a bit, you know, throw him to the side. Like, <laughs> and having these visuals, it's very real. It is just like, okay, no, that's not going to help anything. So let's breathe let's take a walk let's you know and learning the power of pause and all of that and then being super grateful for the fact that you know I have 
this being in my life that I love so deeply that gets to reflect that back to me so that I can learn to love myself. And that's really what it comes down to is like, oh, boundaries. Like this relationship is in my life so that I can learn boundaries. Like, can I love you without smothering you? Mm. Right? Can I love you to the depths of the deepest, darkest ocean without choking you? Right? Can Mm -hmm. I love and allow you the space that you need to grow? And it's like, I, when I think about that and I'm hearing myself say that, it's like, well, that's what I need for myself. Mm-hmm. Can I love myself with ease? Can yeah. I love myself and grow and progress, but not push myself and beat myself up? Yeah. You know, and that's really what we're here modeling for them. But they are in our lives to teach us that so that we can give that back to them. So there's this consistent, like, back and forth of that. Very reciprocal relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Powerful. So gosh, this uh, conversation is already so rich. Uh, You've you've said so much. I'm like trying to process it all. It's wonderful. But what I'm hearing you say is that um, you all you have a lot of conversations with your kids, some important ones and 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 really showing up authentically. Um, You guys try to walk your walk and and do the practice the best that you can. Um, and value the value of service is, is really important for both of your families. I'm wondering if there are other tools or other specific practices that come to mind that you might like to share in addition to what you've already talked about um, to help raise conscious children. Well, I think it's specifically with men as moms and maybe even as dads. Um, I think it's really important in raising our boys and raising conscious men that we understand the difference between boys and girls and not try to make them the same. Mm. I'm, you know, I know that there's this huge, you know, movement and I'm, I'm a woman, I'm a feminist (laughs) and (laughs) believe in, in, you know, equality and equity, right? Like we're all, we are all valuable. We all have the same value, but we are not all the same, nor do I want us to all be the same. Right. Right. Um, and it just doesn't work. Uh, we need the balance of the differences. And I think another tool that's really important for parents, especially parents raising boys is get to know how a boy brain works Mm. because as a mom who loves to talk, I love to talk as you can tell. And I have a lot to say. Yeah. I can overwhelm my son so easily and he'll like just turn off. Mm. And then all this work that I think I'm doing and seeds I'm planting get lost on him. But if I go outside and I play basketball with him, he becomes so much more open to whatever it is, whatever little seeds of wisdom I have for him than if I'm like, sit down and let's have a conversation. And then sometimes it is sit down and let's have a conversation. But I have already learned with him, especially that we need to be physical first to Mm -hmm. open him up. Mm-hmm. so that the seeds could be planted. And so that would be a tool, you know, is one, like get to know your kid. If it's a boy, what I've read, I've done some reading on boy brains is boys typically don't want to sit there and talk. It's too um, confrontational, especially at the preteen age um, and into the teens. Um, get physical with them. Get physical with them, play, play basketball, do something that they love. Um And then the conversations can flow from there. And there's been times where he's like, mom, can we just play basketball right now? And I'm like, fair enough. 
Mm-hmm. And we'll just play basketball. But I know that, you know, the time we've connected now on his terms, that he'll be open for a conversation later. Yeah, that's wonderful. And that's not just honoring him as a boy, but as an individual, learning mm-hmm. what works best for him. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, anything that you would add, Anne-Marie, in terms of techniques and practices that, that work in your family? I, I just want to say that, Kat, I think that that is really awesome of you. I think I, I you just taught me something or something for me to take home from this, too, because I don't I totally get everything you're saying. And I see that with them. What happens is that I think dad tends to um, fulfill that role in, in our household in regards to taking her to play basketball. They go down the street to the park. They can throw the football around. So they get that aspect um, through their father. And I, I don't, I don't do that enough with them. I would say um, one of the tools that I've incorporated is our evening routine with um, really like discussion of just releasing from the day one positive thing. And, and you're right. They don't like this long drawn out conversation. So it's just boom. Give me one thing pops in your mind, highlight of a day. Let's, let's highlight that. Okay. You don't have to talk about it or tell a big old story about it. Just what's something that when you think about your day brings you a positive, you know, you get a positive vibe from it. And then going into, um, we do guided meditations every night. So we put stuff on. There's times where they want me to like lay with them and we'll listen to, you know, certain meditations together just to help them unwind and disconnect from the worldly aspect of living our lives and, and connecting back with more of the beingness that we are and that we are a soul and that we need to learn to decompress and disconnect. And now let's go into an, a, another essence of ourself. And one of the things that we use is you close your, your eyes, you know, your eyes, you see the world outside your third eye, you see your world inside. Mm -hmm. So at night we'll practice, let's close our eyes and stop looking at the outside world and let's open (laughs) our third eye and look at our inside world and let's go there now. And that's been one of the tools that I've been very consistent with for a very long time with them. And it's to the point where it's becoming more and more natural for them to even think about that on their own. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I do too. That's awesome. So you started to touch on it, Anna Marie, but it was definitely on my list of things to explore with the two of you because I think that's what makes this conversation pretty special is that you both have very similar views and values systems, but you're also um, putting that into action in a little bit different settings. So Anna Marie, you've been married for many years, and as Kat mentioned, Um, she's co-parenting, but not in a romantic relationship with Josiah's father. So I would love for the two of you just to give, um, a little bit of the, I'm sure there's benefits and there's challenges to each different aspect of the way that you're showing up as a parent to these boys. Um, but yeah, if you could just give a little, a little bit on that, you know, what you see in, in your role. I think that even though our, our personal relationships with our partners are different. The, the, the dynamic, the parenting dynamic is still very similar because 
Josiah's father is very much involved with Josiah. They are 50-50. So Kat does get, because what, what comes to mind for me is one of the things, positives and negatives. One of the positives very much is that you can ha- hand, over, hand the baton over. Like, you know, I can't deal with this. Go talk to your father. You know, I'm in the middle of something right now. I don't want to deal with you guys arguing over something that, you know, two brothers. Go talk to your father. See what your father says. You know, so I, I maybe have more access to that. But Kat also has that in the sense of, you know, next week he's going to decide will be with his father. So there's still that element of maybe there's something I can't handle as a mother or I don't I don't want to deal with. And I can easily lean to my husband, their father, and let him take over in some of those areas. I, I think I just have a quicker access to it, but I don't yeah. think it's very different in Kat's situation. Um, yeah. one, of the, one of the negatives, and I think, again, Kat would almost attest to the same thing, is just them having, you know, I the boy-girl thing. You know, I'm I'm like struggling with some of their actions, and I am, uh, you know, sharing that with Ricardo, and he's his response is they're they're boys, they're boys. Boys are going to act that way. So again, what Kat touched on earlier is just opening your eyes and your mind to how do boys think and act, and and um, it not just having to be oh just because they're boys it's okay, but raising a new age boy. Mm. That it isn't it isn't just the way it was and oh they're just boys and that's the way boys act. Yeah. No, I understand your masculine energy. I understand that you're wired differently, you think differently, but there's still an element of showing up that isn't gonna just be, oh, they're boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and having to like, you know, navigate that with so that that's one of the things because you know, I can see it one way, he could see it another, but I really appreciate that there's that balance. So if I'm seeing it too much from my point of view, I have my husband's aspect and point of view on things to help balance that out a little bit. Yeah. One thing I was thinking for you, Anna Marie, in the context of a marriage is then that, that element also gets to be a lead by example, because you work on your marriage, they see you guys together in what I I think is a a healthy relationship that you're working out what you need to work out. I mean, there's that element as well, I imagine. Yes, that that's, that is actually one of the positives. I, we live in a very open household and I really like that they get to see the affection that goes on, how, you know, a man treats a woman, how he's kind and open doors and picks things up for her and, you know, helps, helps balance and and treat a woman with kindness and respect and love that they get to not just see that, but they get to, um, they get to live in a household with that energy around them. Um, so that's definitely something that I'm, I'm happy that they get to experience and see, because I know that those are things you don't talk about. Those are things you just experience and and those experiences will go with them. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully they get to see conflict conflict resolution within the context of a marriage also. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And, so and we talk about sides. that. Like, <laughs> yeah, we talk about that. Mom and Dad, you don't fight. We're not fighting. But there are times where 
you know, we got to figure things out. Yeah. And, and we can, we can demonstrate to them that you can figure these things out. You can navigate through tough times, through the unknowns, the uncertainties with love and kindness and compassion. You don't have to be negative and arguing and fighting and all these other elements. We're leading by example, showing them how you do navigate those tough times. Yeah. Excellent. And then what about for you, Kat? Well, you know, as a, a single, a single mom, a solo mom, um, I think what has been tough for my particular situation is that my part, my ex-partner, Josiah's dad, doesn't have the same spirituality that I have, and he doesn't pursue it in the way that I do. Um, mm-hmm. So one of the things that's been hard for me to manage, you know, these last 10 years um, is that <clears throat> Josiah's two households are extremely different. Um and so, you know, when he's here, we're, we're talking about God, spirituality, universe, source, meditation, yoga, kindness, service, you know, all of these things. And not only talking about it, but also, you know, doing it. Um, and when he goes to the other household, uh, you know, the, they're great family. They're very loving. They're very supportive, but they're less talkative. Uh, so they don't talk about emotions. They don't talk about these things. I'm sure they talk about some other stuff like politics and things like that. The TV's always on over there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it's like night and day. He's growing up in night and day. And so um, it's been one of those things that I consistently have to um, come back to my center of self and who I am as a parent because it's just different over there. And um, I know for many years and still do it um, in my own way on occasions, uh, and I catch myself more often now, is I try to be mom and dad. Mm. And so I'm where, you know, our stories differ because Anne-Marie does have, Anne-Marie does have her husband, her partner in the house. And for me, like going back to the story of how I'll go and play basketball with Josiah, right? Well, yeah. I'll go that part. And then at nighttime, I'll do the part that Anne-Marie is also describing, the meditation music, the oils on the feet, the massage, the listening, mm-hmm. I'll be dad. Mm-hmm. And I'll pray mm-hmm. um, playing the masculine and the feminine within one household um, is a lot to take on. And by the end of the day, I'm freaking exhausted, <laughs> you know? And so what I keep coming back to is that his, his dad's side of the family, they're kind. They're very kind. They're very loving. Their spirituality looks different than mine. Their practice looks different than mine. And I'm grateful for that. And his dad may not be teaching him about meditation and source and God, but he's teaching him about other things. Yeah. You know, sometimes there are things that I don't necessarily agree with or like, um, you know, but Josiah is definitely going to be a well-rounded person. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> And Kat, the same goes for me, just because yeah. it's a different household dynamic. There are things that I don't agree with. There are things that I don't. And, and yeah, it's just accepting and knowing that there's all kinds of different ways to experience things. Yeah. yeah. And I think that for any solo parents listening to this, like that, that pull, especially for moms, but that pull to be both to your child sometimes is just really, really exhausting and I know for my son, 
what he really wants for me is for me to be the like softer side, um, the feminine energy more because he really gets the masculine from his dad, right? So mm -hmm. you know, I work on that all the time, but I'm masculine and feminine. I'm very much an alpha woman. And so part of me too is like, hey, dude, you chose me. Your soul chose my soul. <laughs> right, like, right. The mom you got, uh, you know? Uh-huh. And I'm working on myself and I have my own stuff to work on and my awarenesses and softening. Softening is definitely part of my practice in this lifetime. I, I know it. Mm -hmm. So becoming more gentle, more soft, um, and tapping into my feminine is part of my journey. And I get it. And you have me as a mom for a reason. So there you go. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like you're, you're putting some responsibility on, on the relationship, not just you. It's not all you. Cause it's a dynamic. Like you said, you guys give and take and, and it's about receiving and giving and yeah. Learning as you go. Yeah. And luckily yeah. I can reach out to his dad and we have, like Anne-Marie said, and I can talk to him. We're, we're friends and we're very, very peaceful co-parenting relationship but it's taken work to get there and it's not sure. always that way oh yeah it's like any relationship yeah right. it all takes work and he does not get like this sacred masculinity toxic masculinity consciousness work he looks at me and he's like what now are you kidding me like <laughs> that you want okay you want to have some ritual like what <laughs> have, have a birthday and I'm like no because it's not just about him he's not raising him by himself you know <laughs> uh, well I was raised by a single mom and my dad wasn't terribly involved and my mom always told me she wouldn't have picked the single mom life if she had her choice but yeah. she often said it was easier because she said, and, and I does, it sounds like, you know, Josiah's dad is a lot more involved than mine was. My mom would just say, well, it's easier if, if I say something, that's what goes. Like, I don't, I can't say like, go talk to your father or, you know, you can't go over and ask for something from him. Whatever I say is the rule. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. I, 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 that so resonates and I know that feeling. And then when I see them together and I see that he gives Josiah the things that I cannot you know, that banter and camaraderie that men have between each other. I'm just so grateful that he's there. Mm. And, you know, mm. the skateboard tricks and the, yeah, it's yeah. like the unattached nonchalant parenting that like pisses me off sometimes. <laughs> needed too, because I'm like the overly engaged mm. mom. I'm the one who's like planting the seeds and turning the soil. And he's like, Oh yeah, he just shaved some of his eyebrow off today. Eh, whatever, it'll grow back. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> oh well, I'm glad that you're able to find the the kind of laughter in that moment because you kind of alluded to earlier taking things pretty seriously. So it sounds like you're you're learning to laugh about the things you can't control. Yep. Yeah. Yes. It, That's that helps. Life. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why he's in my life is for me to soften and not take things so seriously. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, gosh, ladies, this conversation could go on much longer because there's already so many gems. I'm going to have us wrap up, but um, I will just leave the door open that we could we could explore this again because I think there's there's so many more things to offer. 
I will definitely have all the ways to connect to these wonderful women just in the social media world if you want to follow and see how they walk their walk because I can I can be here to vouch that they both do. You will in fact see Kat posting pictures of them picking up trash <laughs> and feeding homeless people and um, Anna Marie always has really good um, inspiring things that she shares. Uh, Kat's also at the point in her coaching that she's offering some discovery sessions if you want to explore uh, more about the work that she can do in terms of parenting coaching. So I'll have a way to connect to her as well. I always finish up with some kind of fun little questions, but is there anything else either one of you would like to say um, just about raising uh, boys in this world, mindful young men? It's a wonderful honor. And yes, you know, our souls cho- chose each other and we're here. And I want to not just... Um, I want us to not be caught up in the parenting raising of a child, but um, in the nurturing and loving of the souls and what we're all here to experience, which is to be happy and loving and kind and just live in a, in a joyful space. Mm, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I think that's a great way to end. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I always like to ask, what's one book that changed your life? And I guess it could be a bonus if it's a parenting book, but it doesn't have to be. Cat, <laughs> um, go for it. You are quite the reader. <laughs> Goodness, there are so many. Wow. Uh, I don't know. Each one unlayers an aspect of me. Right. Um, <laughs> that it's hard, but you know, um, right now I'm reading a book by Tama Neves. Uh, she's a find your calling, live your calling kind of a coach and inspirational speaker. Mm-hmm. That's really powerful. Um, cause it really talks about like living from the heart and that helps me a lot with my parenting. And I think parenting wise, the, the work around sensations, what's her name? Louise Hayes. Oh yeah. A lot of that. Like I, I use that a lot in my parenting uh, when I talk to Josiah about emotions and emotions living in our bodies. Um, Sometimes I notice that he doesn't want to breathe or cry or feel the emotions. And so that's been a good one to come back to a lot in my parenting and even with myself. And I can go on and on. There's so many books. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What about for you, Anna Marie? Is there one that, that sticks out? Um, a very simple one and easy read, of course, is the Deepak Chopra, The Seven Spiritual Laws for Parents. Oh, That's, wonderful. It's a really simple one, but it, it just, we take it as adults because we do our spiritual laws and then to incorporate that into spiritual laws, you know, for parenting. Um, and then Kat, do you remember when we first linked up, we were reading a book and it's, um, I think it's the the spiritual child. Um, it was spiritual parenting, and I cannot think of the author right now. But I'll, I'll get back. Uh, to yeah, I can look it up and I can link it. So that right, one was right. Good. I thought that was the Deepak one. No, no, that was that was Deepak was in regards to us having parenting groups. One of the things we came yeah. up with, which is another great thing for parents to link up. But I'll, I'll get you that, Justin. It was a really great book. We. Um, it's just all about spiritual parenting and it really helped incorporate what we were talking about earlier of not just getting caught up in the do, 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 but mm-hmm. how we can be as uh, parents and children and stuff. So I'll, I'll get you the, I think yeah. it's the 10, 10, there we go. 10 principles of spiritual parenting. Ah, okay. Excellent. 
yes, 10 principles for spiritual parenting was one of my absolute foundations as um, a new mom and an ever-evolving mother-parent relationship. Mm -hmm. Wow. This is such good stuff, you guys. I can't wait to share it with everybody. Also, another fun question. What's your favorite yoga pose? <laughs> right now, it's Shavasana. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. What about for you, Anna-Marie? <laughs> um, I wanted to say tree pose. Okay. Well, yeah, we've talked a lot about balance. Both of you are juggling yes. so many wonderful things between work and parenting and relationships with your community and with your partners. Um, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so glad that I got to know you in San Jose and that community continues to thrive. I miss you both. Oh, we miss you so much. I miss the singing. I miss our opening singing. Opening hey, song. you guys can sing without me. Yeah. <laughs> We can. No, yeah, you can. I thought you said we can't. Yes, please do. I would love to hear that you're you're singing in my absence. Okay, well, can you can you record that and send it to me so I can practice? I can. I have a recording of it. Yeah, okay. I do. Okay. Well, we we ended with a with a circle song always, and it was it was my favorite part too. So I will send that along, and then um, like I said, this will be linked with all the different information to connect with these wonderful women and um, for all those that are parenting boys, keep up the good work, both of you included. Really appreciate yeah. um, all the work that you're putting into it and for the beautiful souls that chose you to help them along this path. Yes. Namaste. Thank you. thank you, ladies. Yeah, thank you. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.